The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by the Combank Baggy Green National Tour. It's one way they're helping to support local communities impacted by bushfires. For more information, head to combank.com.au forward slash bushfire recovery. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Larissa Moore. It's Wednesday the 12th of February. In your squiz today, Turkey and Syria could soon be at war. Indigenous Australians and immigration laws. Netball Australia to get a new coach and a royal tour. This is your squiz today. Turkey and Syria could be on the brink of a new war, Claire, with tensions at boiling point in an area called Idlib, which is a northern province of Syria. Syria has been in a nine-year-long civil war, and the area we're talking about is the last bit of opposition-held territory. So why is Turkey involved? Turkey has been involved in incursions in Syria during that time, particularly against uh, Islamic State and also, you'd remember last year, against Kurdish forces that were along its border, particularly in the east. Uh, It's concerned, though, because when you look at the map, Idlib and the region just north to it is right on Turkey's border and they're extremely concerned about more refugees uh, coming across the border into Turkey, which of course is a big issue for them. Reports say there are 700,000 Syrian civilians who've been pushed to the Turkish border in recent weeks. But what's happened now to bring this to boiling point? The Syrian government, led by Bashar al-Assad, are pushing through that last opposition-held area. Uh, Turkey, in an agreement with Russia, which backs Assad, has already set up outposts in Idlib just to monitor that situation, particularly with that refugee problem. What has happened is that uh, the Assad government is making a lot of ground against those opposition rebel forces. Erdogan, the president of Turkey, has given Syria until the end of February to pull back from there. He wants Russia also to try and talk to the Syrian government about calling that offensive off. Uh, But what's really concerned people is that Turkey and Syrian forces are now fighting each other and that's a big development. Yeah, they've exchanged deadly fire for the second time in a week. Just a quick reminder that we have covered a bit of this topic in a Squiz Shortcuts podcast episode called The US, Turkey and the Syrian Kurds. It'll give you a bit more context to existing tensions in this region. Still in international news, Claire, and Omar al-Bashir, the former leader of Sudan, he'll be handed over to the International Criminal Court to face genocide and war crime charges. Yeah, Bashar is a bit more than just a leader. He ruled Sudan with an iron fist for 30 years and he was ousted last year. Uh, He is currently serving uh, time in a social reform facility for corruption, but there's negotiations happening currently between the military leaders of Sudan and uh, a group of rebels who are transitioning to democracy and as part of that wheeling and dealing, uh, Bashar has been offered up to face broader justice for what happened in Darfur, which was a really terribly dark uh, period of that country's history. Whether those military leaders actually follow through and hand him over to the ICC remains to be seen. The death toll for the coronavirus passed the 1,000 mark yesterday. It's now been given an official name, Claire, COVID-19. 
That's a mashup of corona, virus and disease and 2019, which is the year it emerged. We'll see whether that catches on. It's got a long way yeah. to go. So uh, no doubt it will be um, talked about a lot and coronavirus is kind of what it's known as, even though it's a big group of viruses um, of which this is one. Uh, more than 42,000 people are now infected. As you say, the death toll passed the 1,000 mark yesterday, which is a, a really terrible benchmark. 65 more people were diagnosed with the virus. They were removed from that Diamond Princess cruise ship that's docked in Japan. That includes four Australians. Two of which are a couple who found a pretty ingenious way to uh, deal with some of the cabin fever of that quarantine. Yeah, they're not particularly happy about being in quarantine as their Facebook posts show, but they did get a delivery of wine by drone. So at least there was an afternoon of some kind of relaxation, I guess, amidst all of it. Some pretty brilliant Aussie ingenuity right there. <laughs> Back home now and under a new High Court ruling, Aboriginal people born outside of Australia will be exempt from immigration laws. That means that they can't be deported. How did this ruling come about? It came about because there are two uh, Indigenous men who were born overseas, one born in Papua New Guinea and the other in New Zealand, uh, who were convicted of criminal charges and the government has moved to try and deport them back to those countries. Uh, their cases came before the High Court and it's a landmark ruling from them uh, that says that even if Indigenous people are born overseas, they can't be considered aliens under the Constitution. The government says that that's creating a a whole new category of people, but some legal experts commenting on that case said that it was appropriate. A message now from our podcast sponsor, Combank. If you're a cricket fan, you'll be very interested to know that Combank is today starting a national fundraising tour of Shane Warne's iconic baggy green cap. Along with their bushfire recovery grants, the baggy green tour will help communities impacted by bushfires. To see the baggy green before it finds a permanent home in the Bradman Museum in Barrel, visit combank.com.au forward slash bushfire recovery. I'll also put a link to that in your episode notes as well. Netball Australia have announced that they won't be renewing the contract of head coach Lisa Alexander. She was at the helm for nine years. She took the Diamonds to 102 test matches. During that time, they won a gold medal at the 2014 Commonwealth Games. They secured a World Cup victory in 2015, but it's not enough, though. It's not enough. She also oversaw our World Cup loss last year. Netball Australia says they're not renewing that contract. They're going to go in a different direction. Uh, but they seem to part on pretty good terms yesterday. Uh, Alexander said that she was disappointed, but she respected that decision. Meanwhile, Netball Australia were very generous in their praise of her uh, and said that she had a significant impact on the sport. Finishing up with a bit of royal news, it feels like it's all been about the Sussexes recently, but plans could be underway for the Cambridges to come down under. Prince William and Catherine are apparently just waiting for the official invite from Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Poor things. Of course, it's going to be seen against a prism, I guess, of what's happening with the Sussexes and, you know, getting out yeah. and about and spreading the royal brand. He and Kate last were here in 2014. And in fact, they visited a bushfire affected area there in the Blue Mountains at that time. Yeah. Uh, they also did all sorts of things with baby George. So we'll need to see whether George makes a, another appearance, particularly to visit uh, a bilby at Taronga Zoo that was named after him. Oh, forget George. It's all about Charlotte. 
<laughs> she's pretty she's got, cute. She's so great. She's got attitude, that girl. <laughs> Love it. Chances are they're in school, but it would be nice to um yeah. it would be nice to see them. For sure. Each day you give us a song lyric that relates to a news item. It's then the subject line of our Squiz Today email. What song are we going to have stuck in our heads today? So I've gone for Ebony and Ivory, uh, the lyric being side by side on my piano keyboard. That's because um, Canadian virtuoso Angela Hewitt lost her best friend uh, last week, her best friend being her piano worth close to $300,000. Movers dropped it. And while it wasn't a spectacular drop, it broke everything inside. So she was lamenting just how sad it was and she hopes that her piano will be happy in piano heaven. I hope those movers ever have a a happy day again. That is one bad day at work. (laughs) (laughs) Really bad day. It was actually the only piano in the world with four pedals. Yeah, its maker said it would never do that again because it was a pain in the ass. So, (laughs) (laughs) which is quite funny. Well, I hope it's happy in piano heaven. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you are enjoying the Squiz Today podcast, please do tell your friends about us. It's the number one way that we grow. Have a great day and we will chat to you tomorrow. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com.au. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP.